drove them to the promise of America. Early in life, I lived in New York's rural Allegheny County. But seeking to make the most of American opportunities, my parents moved to the suburbs of Boston, where the schools were better and the chances for me and my brother were greater. There was more to this move than just new schools. The Pontiac that was standard in the driveways of rural America was replaced by a European luxury car. The trips to visit family in Ireland and Pakistan were augmented by tours of Europe, South America, and Asia. My parents did what many immigrants do. They played cultural catch-up. I spent my Saturdays attending the New England Conservatory of Music. Public school education was abandoned for private academies. There was no more time for my religious education. We became cosmopolitan. For all these changes... My father never lost some of the cultural marks of a rural Pakistani villager, and many in Boston did not let him forget his roots. He was happiest working with his hands, whether doing surgery or toiling in the earth. As he spent his free time sculpting the garden of our home into a place that would soon be put on garden tours, he was mistaken for a hired hand by visitors. During a visit to our home, one of my father's colleagues exclaimed, "'Where are your books?' Never in my life have I seen my father read a novel. His favorite music is still from the Indian movies of his childhood or the songs that greeted him when he arrived in Detroit in the early 1970s. He would not know Bach from Schoenberg. My father's reply to this cultural scolding by New England blue blood was prescient. Someday my kids can have all the books they want. My parents were justifiably proud of what they had achieved and the cultural tastes they would never develop they would instill in their children. We ate at fine restaurants. At one of these restaurants I saw my father, raised a Muslim, take his first sip of wine. The snobbery that always stung me, waiters handing me or my brother a wine list instead of my parents, who were clearly paying for the meal, seemed not to bother them. Compared to their achievements, these slights were trivial. Attending an elite high school was the ultimate mark of success in our bourgeois suburban world, and I was determined to do so. My parents were not enthusiastic about my leaving home, but they knew the advantages of boarding school. Perhaps thinking of their own lives, they respected my desire to head out on my own. St. Paul's was on my tour of New England boarding schools. I didn't know anything about the place, but during my visit I was seduced. The school is a truly stunning physical place, one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. Luckily, I was accepted. I was unprepared for my new life. The shock of moving from poor rural New York to rich suburban Boston was repeated during my first days at St. Paul's. This school had long been home to the social elite of the nation. Here were members of a national upper class that went well beyond the professional circles of my suburban home. Children with multiple homes who chartered planes for weekend international trips came from family dynasties and inherited unimaginable advantages met me on the school's brick paths. My parents' newfound wealth was minuscule compared to many at the school. And in my first days, all the European tours, violin lessons, and private schooling could not buy me a place among many of my classmates. I was not comfortable around this new group of people. I instead found a home by recessing into my dorm, away from the entitlements of most of my classmates. For my entire time at St. Paul's, 
I lived in the same minority student dorm. But as I became more at ease at the school, as I began to understand the place and my classmates, I also began to find ways to fit in. Upon graduating, I was elected by my classmates to represent them on the board of managers of the alumni. While this respect of my peers made me proud, I was not sad to be moving on. I had purposefully not applied to the Ivy League schools that my classmates would be attending. St. Paul's was a world I had learned to fit into, but one that I was not particularly happy in. The source of my discontent was my increasing awareness of inequality. I kept returning to my first days, both my surprise at my minority student dorm and my discomfort among my elite classmates. The experience remained an aggravating curiosity. Why was elite schooling like a birthright for some Americans and a Hercules?